This is The Culture. What's going on, guys? We are back with another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. And this week, we are talking about Ridley Scott's Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby. This has been a film that has been on everyone's minds throughout the year. Would it deliver on just being a war epic that would be supreme Oscar bait for everyone at the end of the year? Really, Scott is always back with some supreme talent involved. He's a master of action. He's a master of his craft for that reason with Gladiator, Blade Runner, a bunch of epics in his career. And he has just one of the best resumes in the business you could ask for. So today we're going to be talking about his epic Napoleon. Um, he's been wanting to make this movie for a long time. But before we get into the conversation, just want to introduce ourselves again. My name is Zach Miller, and I am here with another one of our hosts. Vinny Albano. Um, <laughs> a pleasure to be here today with you. Uh, this film was something that I was very anticipated for, or I had a lot of anticipation for. Uh, and in my opinion, uh, it didn't really deliver, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, just getting into like our first thoughts on the movie. My expectations were pretty high for this. Um, I don't know everything about Napoleon's military career, but his name is synonymous around the globe as this super tactical strategist that was just dominant with his the French Empire and how it it just was taking over the world by storm right after the French Revolution and he's been one of the biggest historical figures of all time and when you have a director like really Scott going in to direct something this big uh, of a person as interesting as Napoleon is and then you add Joaquin Phoenix to the mix. I was definitely expecting a lot more points to be there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, th I thought like when I was watching the trailer going in, there was a lot of action in the trailer. And I, I kind of had the idea in the back of my mind that the action wouldn't disappoint. But I thought that it, what would be interesting is the character study behind Napoleon and what Joaquin did with that too on yeah. screen. So what did you think about that and your first thought? So uh, I agree. I, I So here's the thing. <clears throat> Going into the film, you know, I also, same way, I don't know much about Napoleon's history. However, I do know of the legacy that he has in the world we live in today like you i know we talked about it um yesterday i believe yeah or, uh, how no matter who you are you know who napoleon is yeah um you know and <laughs> going into this i wished we saw more of a focused character study because in my opinion it is uh really scott is going in the direction where we're, we're we're trying to go into the character of napoleon and study him but it felt very unfocused for me it felt kind of all over the place for me and we see a lot of his relationship and his dynamic with his wife josephine but it's lacks a lot of what um i wanted to see out of like i wanted to know more about napoleon than just that you know yeah what I mean? yeah it just felt hollow to a point you yeah. know like you feel his military accomplishments and his rise to power um but you don't get the sense of why people believed in napoleon and mm -hmm. why he was such an attractive person as a leader and then as a lover for josephine and then what was so charismatic behind him that made him such a perfect tactician on the battlefield mm. you see him lead his men into battle and there are moments where he boosts morale but it still felt like you know the way that really scott had approached it what is so different about this person than any other soldier on the battlefield so it felt as if we were just to fall in line and believe in napoleon just because he's napoleon but mm we don't know why Napoleon was so great based off of this piece. And I think that was something that really was left bland in the making of it. So that was like definitely some of the myths that I felt. It, it just felt hollow for like yeah. it, it lacked yeah. its identity apart from other war epics where Napoleon 
it could have had such a compelling character piece along with all of his military accolades. So it starts um, from the French Revolution. It, it goes from Marie Antoinette's beheading. The French monarchy is overthrown. Um, Napoleon was witnessing that um, and he begins to transition into a leadership position for the French. Um, he pushes the English out of uh, Toulon and he is leading his men into battle. And then <clears throat> about probably halfway through the film, he becomes emperor of France. Hmm. Um, and then it kind of finishes with Waterloo. And we'll go back into um, the significance of each of these moments. But this was this was a pretty long piece too. It wasn't necessarily his um, his younger years too, <clears throat> but it also um, took a lot of time from his early uh, military career to the end of his life. And Apple decided to spend two hundred million dollars on this film. And according to Variety, the film will need to make about five to six hundred million to succeed. So, what do you think the um, the dangers are in in spending money like this for a film as big as this, and and do you like do you think that it will make its money back based off of the reviews? That's a that's a good question because <clears throat> no, I don't think it's going to make its yeah. money back. Uh, however, I do like to, even though I was underwhelmed by Napoleon, I do like that Apple is investing money like in films like this or uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing these really uh, prolific directors get another chance at making their their <clears throat> epics that they've always wanted to make. Uh, however, this one definitely uh, it underwhelms. And I think as a result, it's not going to make the amount of money that it really needs to. Like you mentioned how Variety is saying that it needs to make at least $600 million. Yeah. Uh, to, it's also, it's hard too though, because... Films like this, I feel, don't really garner as much attention as something like a franchise film. Um, for example, Marvel. <clears throat> Obviously, like Marvel films are always going to make money at the bo box office um, or Fast and the Furious, you know. And a film <clears throat> like this is definitely a big risk to put $200 million down yeah. because I feel like there's not a lot of people going to the theaters being like, Yippee, let's go see Napoleon. Uh, yeah. Unless you are uh, a history buff or someone who's really into film like we are. And I was going into this like, oh, okay, I'm very interested in Ridley Scott's next entry into his yeah. filmography. Um But yeah, those are that's really my thoughts. I don't I don't think it's gonna make the money back. Yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna make I I mean, I don't know, like two hundred million dollars. I think a lot of it might come overseas too, but mm -hmm. Based on the reception that it's had so far domestically, it doesn't seem like it might even get close to 500 or 600 mil for it to be considered a success. But I mean, like you said, too, with Apple investing in historical pieces like Killers of Flower Moon and now Napoleon, you're really not going to go see those historical source material movies unless you get the big stars, you get the yep. big directors. So that is definitely what boosts people's confidence. But um, Napoleon just seems shallow and it, it doesn't have that extra gusto that really Scott's extra work has had in the past. I think that he is a master of action and I think this movie has a lot going for it in those respective ways in action mm. and the battle sequences, but everything in between just seems to follow, fall through the cracks. And I think that if you focused on more of the identity behind Napoleon, um, <coughs> sorry, I'm coughing a little bit, oh, yes, um, yes. but <laughs> yeah, so I think it would have, uh, it would have delivered better, um, in my opinion, but mm. you know, really Scott, like we mentioned, he has work that goes hand in hand with so many good directors. Like his resume is up there for some of the best films ever. You got movies like gladiator, alien mm. blade runner, the Martian, uh, American Gangster and a lot more. Where do you think that this ranks with really Scott's other work? Ooh, okay, tough question because mm -hmm. I am a big fan of Blade Runner. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Alien. I'm a huge fan of Gladiator. 
even though Gladiator, like Napoleon, mm-hmm. is I don't know how historically accurate Napoleon is. I know that <clears throat> people online are complaining about historically inaccuracies. Gladiator is a film that is not historically accurate at all. Yeah. Um, that's covering a point in history, Gladiator, that I'm actually very interested in. Um, but I still love the film. I think Gladiators are a great piece. And be- I, I think it does so well is because of that character work. There's so much depth to it. While I like how you describe Napoleon, on the contrary, Napoleon, there's not a lot of depth. Yeah. It, it's so shallow and hollow, like you mentioned. Like, so I, it's definitely ranks uh, for the films that I've seen from Ridley Scott uh, ranks definitely towards the bottom. I haven't seen like House of Gucci or some of his other films, which I've heard are, are some yeah. real duds. Yeah, I heard House seen. of Gucci was not great. I haven't seen that oh, either okay. yet, but yeah. So yeah, so but out of the favorites <clears throat> of like American Gangster, like Alien, like Gladiator, like Blade Runner, it definitely doesn't even come close to you know those films that I really adore. Yeah, I I think I think it's you know there's those are like classics too. So it's obviously hard to go into it. If you're imagining that this is going to pass some of those, I think that's a unfair expectation. I think you should definitely go into a movie not expecting it to be a director's best work. Same thing with Martin Scorsese. Like no one had the expectation that it would surpass his best movies, um, but there were also expectations with that movie given his background, given the actor's background. Same thing with really Scott applies here for me. I I think that of the stuff that I've seen, this is towards the lower end of the spectrum because he, he doesn't have that protagonist that really is complex is nuanced. Um, I think that Joaquin does a good job to points with it, but then other moments runs a little wild in his own way which we'll get into in a little bit later but i think that with an overall cohesive piece it felt scattered it felt like the action was was there i think that was his primary focus um which is another one of my questions is do you think he was a good or bad fit for this movie given his background oh really scott yeah really scott do you think there's another like I wouldn't say Michael Michael Bay is notorious for action movies, but I don't think he was capable of doing something like this. But is there another action director you you can think of off the top of your head that might might be good? Yeah, it, that's really tough to say because yeah. you're balancing like these epic set pieces of you know like huge scale, while also balancing or attempting to balance you know a, a character study on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, no director really comes to mind for me, but I feel Scott was. I won't. I, I honestly don't think he was the worst choice, but he was definitely not the best choice. I yeah. know that Spielberg has been trying to adapt <clears throat> Kubrick's Napoleon script into a miniseries for a very long time now, and I believe I could be wrong. Uh, people in the comments fact check me if I'm wrong, but uh, I know that. Spielberg, I believe, is trying to adapt that script into a miniseries on uh, HBO Max, or, or now it's called Max. Uh, and I feel that is, is more appropriate if Spielberg is going to be directing that, or maybe if he's just going to be producing and he gets another director to direct that. <clears throat> um, I don't think Scott was just the perfect fit because I also saw what Scott was saying online and in interviews, criticizing the critics. Uh, and kind of trying to like lash back and it seems like he was going into this film trying to paint napoleon um i know he mentioned uh how he viewed napoleon as a as an imp right and don't get me wrong this is a character that or this is a person in real life that definitely has is i wouldn't necessarily call him a good historical figure by any means however Viewing it in the manner of like, yeah, I just want to make this character look bad no matter what, it makes it feel like we keep mentioning Hollow because we never really see his charismatic side. We never really see what made him Napoleon. Every single scene, he's like this quiet, super awkward. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, 
Yeah. It's weird how, and we never see an example of how he really manages to um, become such a great tactical uh, fighter, except for maybe uh, at the very beginning when he yeah. attacks the British encampment. Um, but really, Scott. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of in the middle for me. Yeah. I I can't give you. I think Spielberg is a good pick for uh, like you were saying his his adaptation that he's going for with Kubrick's um, script and then just his resume with um, the miniseries producing with the Pacific Band of Brothers and then he did Saving Private Ryan. so his World War II action work has been great. And then he's he's directed a couple other, like War Horse, yeah. um, some other action-related war movies. So he's definitely got a good fit. Um, even Sam Mendes might be interesting, Ooh. just thinking about uh, yeah. 1917. I didn't think um, about that. I just, I just thought about that with the World War I. But yeah, um, yeah so there's a couple. Um, <clears throat> but I think that... Really, Scott is also he's getting towards the end of his big movie blows, I think, with like House of Gucci is obviously a smaller scale movie. It's a little bit more intimate of character relationships. It's not the war epic that is Napoleon. Um, So it almost feels like, yes, he can handle the um, the action side of it, but I don't it, it just felt like he had a hard time managing both the character and the action relativity to the story. Um, to go off of what you were saying of how he was so critical, um, really Scott has famously said to historians to quote unquote get a life as people have unpacked the inaccuracies of the film um, to historians that have unpacked the movie yeah. as a whole. Um, so another question I have for you is does making a movie with this historical figure suffer with new material and twisting the facts a little bit. Is there a lot of stuff and expectations that you're trying to go see? I mean, there's obviously, we weren't in the room with Napoleon. This was hundreds of years ago. We don't have anyone that's still alive to give us firsthand accounts, but there is like, you know, there's hundreds of novels that have been made about Napoleon as a war figure, the relationship between him and Josephine, historians in my mind are like the first people that I would go to, to find out what is the most interesting part of the relationship to highlight in the movie. So I feel like when you add a little bit of your own take, and and I think in my opinion, Scott added too much of his own spin. It's, I think it suffers a little bit for the screenplay. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I, it's tough because I agree, but I also (laughs) think like I mentioned with a film like gladiator, I don't think you have to be historically accurate to make a film. It's just when you start to lose that balance of what you want to keep accurate and what you want to keep inaccurate. And um, I just, yeah, just kind of restating that. Like, I don't think you need an entirely historically accurate film to be a good film you know there's plenty of films that are historically accurate and yet still bad films yes um but i think honestly where it suffers Mm. uh with the inaccuracies and where the points where you can literally tell that this was definitely improvised or made up is the stuff with josephine i think the battle stuff like you mentioned the film and the filmmaking technique, especially behind the battle scenes, is amazing. I can't yeah. you like we can't deny that. Like yeah. the cinematography is beautiful, the set pieces are beautiful, like those are incredible. It's really when we start focusing more on the intimacy of the character and where there's some scenes where it just feels like, you know, okay, this is definitely made up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think I think the stuff that was made up, um, it just felt like it was being used as a spectacle. And I think that <clears throat> you're right with Gladiator, there is a better balance. There's a more tailored balance to that, that, you know, this character is pulled from history and there are fictitious events that happen. Um, but in Gladiator, there was never a point where I was questioning, you know, did this really happen? Like, I'm sure that 
a lot of the emperor and um, the Roman politicians were based off of fact, but hmm. you can understand that it was going to be a historical fiction. But when you're going into a movie that is centered around one of the most historical figures in war history, at least, there's there's a lot of expectations that you want most of it to be true, given that it, there is so much material around it. And he is a very interesting person and character study as a whole. Yeah. So I felt like when he did add a lot of these improvisations, there were it was for a spectacle and it was for a visual appeal to people. Um, there's an article by Screen Rant and there's several specific things that were not true in Napoleon's story according to them. There's like about 12 or 15 of them in the list um, if you're interested in the article. But um, these are just a couple that I want to highlight. Um, and th they actually goes along with what you're saying about Josephine. Hmm. Um, there's one that says Napoleon did not charge into battle on horseback uh, in his cavalry. So he wasn't on the battlefield with his men in the lines. Um, there was no frozen lake at the Battle of Austerlitz, which oh. is that one in the trailer, which is, you know, a visual appeal. Yeah. Um, his army never attacked the pyramids of Giza, which I thought was a little... Um, off-putting to me because that was like wow that's a, such a historical monument now like, yeah. did that ever happen yeah that is one thing that mm -hmm. i know there was a battle in cairo but okay it was like miles away from the gotcha pyramids. it's like wasn't even close to the pyramids okay yeah, yeah so that's like <clears throat> like again i just feel like that was i guess it's gonna play into his ego a little bit like okay i can do whatever i want so i'm just gonna yeah. shoot at the pyramids if that's what scott was going for but it just felt a little untapped for me, I guess. But um, And then another thing that was really big for me was um, Napoleon did not slap Josephine in their divorce, nor did she want the divorce to happen. Um, she unwillingly submitted to... Well, I was reading the article. She she unwillingly submitted that she, she had to go through with it because it's what he wanted. But um, that was like a moment in the movie that really shocked me because from what we gather is that um, <coughs> um, Josephine and Napoleon were star-crossed lovers and yeah. that they were maddeningly loved um, and they they had so much chemistry together. So when most of their relationship felt like friction, that, that really took me out of it too. Mm. Um, and then another one that, that someone wrote was Napoleon did not um, quote unquote, come from nothing and conquer everything, as the tagline suggests. He was actually born into nobility in Corsica, Italy. So I thought that was also interesting that they made it out as he's, as if he came from poverty and rose to be emperor of France. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying, do you think that some of these elements like so, like took you out of it at all? And did you did you stop for a minute and say, hey, wait a minute, did this happen? And then you kind of got lost in it at all? Hmm. I feel like uh, for me, I didn't really get lost or taken taken out of it per se uh, for the most part because I kind of already knew going into it that Scott wasn't really – he wasn't going to care about historically uh, historical accuracies. Um, however, like I mentioned, I feel like there were moments how I, I, I said it, it doesn't take me out of the film too much, but there was just very – very like maybe one or two moments where it did take me out of the film. And that was just with the stuff with Josephine, like how I mentioned before, like the real intimacy of the character yeah. and where <clears throat> the heart of the film is trying to be. Uh, there was a few scenes that just felt like I mentioned, like, yeah, I, I don't believe that. I don't, yeah. I just don't believe that happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that like every time they were in the room together, um, he definitely felt very full of himself yeah. and there was like a reserved egotistical side that he was trying to show that, you know, I'm Napoleon and you have to follow me just as everyone else is following me. Um, and then there was the one line that she said, like, you would be nothing without me. Mm. But then the rest of the movie, she kind of just trails off into bending at his every will. So I was yeah. kind of waiting for her to get this inspired um, nature behind her and be super independent. And she does go down trails where she spites him by having affairs and um, just being in the papers and 
definitely um, bothering him and not writing him as much, but it didn't feel like she found her own identity after something so harsh of a line like that of you would be nothing without me. You would assume when that said that, you know, she's in charge of this relationship or like she is, you know, I can do whatever without you and and that kind of independence. So I didn't really get that the rest of the film. I think that was also lost in the intimacy between them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There was there was a lot of the dialogue stuff. I just didn't feel the focus was on those scenes oh, at yeah. all. So, yeah. Um, but I think um, <clears throat> going into that too, really Scott's direction in action versus dialogue is a huge contrast in his abilities to direct emotion um, in a 1v1 or in a town hall meeting versus the battlefield. I think his battlefield choreography and everything that he has going for that is insane for for to be an 85 year old director and that you can still pump out action at this quality um all of the moments where it felt like grotesque or gruesome it felt natural um it didn't feel like there were too many moments that took me out of it i think there was only one moment where his horse gets shot and there was some cgi there that was the only moment i really noticed a visual effect Mm. but otherwise it still felt great um but i felt the stuff with the dialogue really needed some more fine-tuning in the screenplay itself i think that that really needed a little bit more help for the actors to find what their goals were with their relationship or what the timeline was for napoleon and josephine specifically so yeah yeah, um, I don't know how true this was, but I remember reading up somewhere before the film's release date <coughs> that the script wasn't entirely finished. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So th- then again, that's another thing that like commenters like fact check me if I'm wrong, but I swear I remember reading something about the script not being finished and then him kind of improvising a lot. And they did that also on Gladiator. Like Gladiator's... Uh, notoriously known for like having an incomplete script and then and then essentially like kind of uh making it on the spot so maybe he was kind of in his own head like oh i've done this before i can do it again uh but that's where i also agree that the film lacks is uh in those dialogue scenes you know i think some of them were really good yeah very few but yeah I, it wasn't really much of the script, but the acting. And from Vanessa Kirby, especially. I, yeah. I know we're going to talk about Vanessa Kirby <coughs> later on. But just every scene she's in, she mm. carries it. Yeah. But as of the material that she's given, um, that same word is constantly ringing in my head. Those hollow. Yeah. Like you mentioned. Like, yeah. it just, it felt hollow. Like, if every scene just made me desire more like yeah. i wanted more i just yeah. wanted like it was like they were this close and like you know like, right like something it's just not hitting me well yeah like i just kept on trying to grab on and, and want more and yet they were yeah. giving it to me uh however like you mentioned the battle scenes oh my god those were yeah those were awesome fantastic you know? but it was those intimate moments that i thought suffered yeah i think it's just a matter of like they they really kind of what you're saying like with with the scenes kind of fall apart with um just they weren't building towards anything it would just be a scene that you know he was he was messing around um with her in the bedroom and then you think that they're passionately in love and then it would cut to him being like a dick at the at the dining table and then it was like well where does his uh, his loyalty lie with her? Does he actually treat her like a person or does does he just treat her as another subject in his French kingdom? Mm. So I think it also just felt like there was no grounds for um, uh, any, any, any room that they were in love most of the movie. I, I just didn't really feel like they um, had a lot of chemistry. She kind of just enjoyed like the way he looked one time at the party and then she's he kind of courts her a little bit and they talk to each other and then 
she falls in love with him and that but it still felt hollow it didn't feel like there was oh that you did such a nice thing for me or oh you're napoleon like i'm madly in love with you it didn't feel that there was this love or chemistry between them so i think that's what really just (laughs) hung out to dry for me but um Mm -hmm. yeah and then i just want to get into joaquin's performance as a whole too so <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm coughing a lot today. But um Joaquin's performance. He has won the Oscar for Joker. Um he's been nominated <clears throat> several times. And I think that in this movie he's it was definitely Oscar bait. I think that when you hear Joaquin Phoenix is going to play one of the most prolific generals in history mm-hmm. that you're assuming he might be up for an Academy Award, but I thought that for me there are times that he is very good here. He is very good and he's commanding his presence on screen very well. But, um, there are several times that he rambles and he starts mumbling and he does these silly movements that just take you out of it. And there was, I remember there was one scene where he's literally, um, he, I think he just, got done with making love to Josephine and he just starts going like, like, I was like, dude, what is happening? And it just like, it was, it was like, okay, I'm going to play this version that I have for myself of, of, all right, well now I'm done and I'm about to go back into my own world. And it it just felt so off for me. It just didn't feel cohesive to Napoleon as a character. And it also just didn't really happen enough throughout the film mm. where it was like, okay, I'm going to add a nervous tick to this or, you know, my my mind is like straying to different things. It just felt completely out of left field for me. But like, what did yeah. you think about his performance? Yeah, so I believe, <clears throat> you know, Phoenix is an incredible actor. He has incredible <clears throat> talent and um, yeah. a lot of range. But in this just that i i just was desiring more i just wanted to see more from him and you know i know that ridley didn't care about like accents in the film but yeah watching him from the very start and he's just talking in a normal like california accent and i was like okay and to be honest i didn't get used to that like i thought that like halfway through the film i'd get used to it but Still, by the end, I was just like, you know, it, it was that same idea of like, I just wanted more. I wish he was doing, I wish he he could have done more with the character. And yeah. I'm curious if that was really Scott's direction, because obviously Scott wanted to make him look like this real, like disgusting imp like creature yeah. who uh, didn't really have uh, much, uh, what's the word, just like charm charm yeah yeah uh so i'm curious if that was maybe scott's direction yeah uh but in the end with that in consideration i just was desiring more from him yeah you know like from the lack of uh, not really doing anything with the accent or uh just like how you mentioned how he's just doing like weird things throughout the movie he seems like kind of like the the you know the meme where it's like uh mom tells you to play with the neighbor's kids and the neighbor's oh, kids are yeah. like hella weird that's what it reminds me of like he's like the yeah. weird neighbor kid yeah you know, i will say though, i will say though uh <laughs> the two sex scenes were the oh my shit. gosh that that <laughs> caught me so off there was literally okay so the first time it happens i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. so there is a scene where they i think his uh politicians are talking to him or something and it's just a regular dialogue scene and then it cuts directly to him yeah. just oh, it was like i'm sorry for being graphic but like he's yeah. just from behind like with her and he he's just like 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 oh my gosh it was like built up rage i was like dude what are you doing and i literally hear several people in the audience go oh my goodness it's like he's just going he was like too hard yeah it was like it was like it was it was animalistic like it did feel animalistic so yeah and then i don't know if that was the intention either because it did feel entirely degrading to josephine and you know okay you're on my time now and then i'm gonna do this however way i like it and and then you know we're gonna go our separate ways i got i got things to do yeah and that's kind of the way that it 
came off to me, but it was so jarring yeah. the way that it came off. And it, it felt like the juxtaposition of those scenes did not work for me. Yeah. And, um, like, I don't even think that I think another reason was just what we were talking about with the build. There wasn't a build of, okay, he had a bad day at work. He had a bad day talking to his politicians and then he's taking it out on her at home. You know, it didn't feel like something of that nature. Um, yeah. So to go along with what you're saying, I just felt like really Scott needed to control his improvisations at point yeah. at points. Um, and the, the biggest thing too was, the Vanessa Kirby scene where they're getting the divorce and he slaps her. I was after I read that it was, it didn't happen. I was really hoping that it wasn't just an improvisation. Um, cause it was very shocking in the moment. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really just hoping that he didn't say, okay, I'm going to slap this woman because that's just what Napoleon would do. Yeah. And that's just the egotism that he carries. Like, okay, you're going to do this for France. Like I'm going to, that just doesn't, that didn't feel right to me because of what we know of josephine and napoleon but you know they went in a different direction with that so yeah i i will say although that scene the divorce scene was very dramatic um yeah i i brought i bring up the the sex scene because yeah. it it feels very like comical almost you know like it did unfortunately his, yeah 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 like him like his performance yeah in that scene was very comical um and I, that brings me back to like, was his silly movements and random mumbling and like, <clears throat> was it, uh, it may be Phoenix's idea or Scott's idea. Was it meant to be like almost satirical of Napoleon as a historical figure, like a comedic, like, oh, look how, you know, um, yeah. look how, uh, look at like, look at this little weird little guy, like. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I'm curious because uh, like they never really like take a strong point in the film where like yeah this is a this is almost like a comedic viewpoint yeah. of Napoleon or is it like you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> it like, was just I guess one might make a conclusion that you know okay he's such a big force and momentous um, person to the French public eye, but yeah. he's, he can't even satisfy his wife. And then he mm. couldn't even bear children with her too. So that was yeah. another part of the film. Maybe they were trying to tap into that, but, and, and cause it, I mean, in those sex scenes, he did seem like he was trying super hard and it did, it wasn't working for her, obviously. Like, mm. like if you were to unpack it, she didn't seem like she was, feeling like feeling the correct feelings that obviously you should, you should have a husband and wife in that situation, I guess. But, um, they're there. So maybe they're trying to do that as he couldn't fulfill that as, as a husband. But I think when you're also editing the film, like that sharp of a cut really yeah. felt comical. It did. And, yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I think that also Joaquin just needed to lean more into that, bloated ego insecurity um of just th how that contributed into his downfall when he did his march into russia yeah. he lost out of six hundred thousand men he only came back with forty thousand. that to me tells tells the audience he is going to do whatever it takes in his own ego to win this war yeah. by any means necessary yeah. so what does that look like on the inner workings of Napoleon? And that's kind of what I wanted to see too, of just like, what were the lengths that he was willing to go? Cause I did see him, um, <clears throat> like chasing down the Russian army at points. And I thought that was ego driven, but it didn't, I didn't get the obsession of world conquest, which is another big part of Napoleon is, how much land did Napoleon own in his time? Like that's also talked about a lot is what was his equivalence to the Roman empire? He was one of the world empire owners of that time and period. So what, how does that affect someone, someone's um, psychosis and, and why is his obsession with power and land so big? And I didn't get any of that through his performance. So I kind of wanted to see that and what, that would tap into his military strategy. It does a little bit towards the end in Waterloo where he's just saying, oh, I can take on the world's forces against everyone. But 
I don't know. Yeah. What are your What are your more thoughts on Joaquin? Yeah. Um. That's honestly that's really that's really everything for me. Um. Like I mentioned, it's just I wanted more from him, and it just felt yeah. like we weren't getting that more. It just wasn't. It wasn't giving me like the itch. I guess you'd say. You know what I mean? Like, uh, or it wasn't scratching that itch. That's the yeah. right phrasing. Okay. Um. You know, I just kept on being like, okay, this is fine. Uh, but there yeah. could have been so much. There's got to be more to it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Maybe some missed opportunity. Yeah. Some missed potential there. Yeah. Um. I agree. But yeah, that's all. But contrary to that, um, you know his his um his co lead Vanessa Kirby, mm-hmm. we really liked what she did with her screen time. Oh yeah. And um, I thought that there is a lot that she had going for herself in in the film. I think she does a lot by doing less. I think she's very good at subtlety and um, this very stoic, elegant approach to Josephine. And I've seen her in Mission Impossible too. She's great at not being this brute force, but just being empowering with her persona and the way that she carries herself. Yeah. Um, and just the way that she looks at people is, is very expressive, expressive and domineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she has a lot of potential for so many other roles too down oh, yeah. the line. But um, yeah, I think that she was, in my opinion, the best part of the movie, um, along with the action sequences. So what did you think about Josephine? No, I 100% agree. I no hate to Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. Like, I loved her the entire film. No matter what material she was given, you could tell she was passionate about it and she yeah. was doing the best she could with that material. Yeah. I, I've seen her in the action films. I, she was in like Fast and Furious, I saw. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned she was in uh, the newest Mission Impossible, right? <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw both of those. To be honest, I do not remember uh, the yeah. Mission Impossible because I was... They all kind of blur together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but anyhow, her, I, you know, those are like, uh, she, she really stood as a uh, intimidating force in those films. But in this, I, we really see her range as an actor. Yeah, which I've never seen any of her uh, other films that she was casted in, uh, other than those two. But in this, this is my first exposure to her as like, wow. She has some incredible variety and yeah. range as an actor that I just did not know about. And I really loved it. Like she just she just took it away. There was so much expression in her and so much you could feel so much hurt in her when yeah. the character of Josephine was hurt. Uh, just, just scenes that I can only imagine how hard it was to an actor to get to that point. Uh, we mentioned <clears throat> the divorce scene, which is uh, very dramatic and although it seemed to be not historically accurate the her as an actor taking that slap and yeah. embodying yeah. josephine's character and how she's when she's reading the letter i love when she's like she's like oops sorry <laughs> she's yeah, yeah. like she's like crying yeah but then she's also reading this letter and she's like chuckling <laughs> to herself and yeah she's like like yeah i yeah she because they're not her words yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Those mm-hmm. little micro expressions, oh my god! Yeah. Those were like that's what sold me. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if she's not awarded for uh, best supporting actress, I really hope she at least gets the nomination. Yeah, uh, because I think she carried the film, in my opinion. I yeah, think she carried it. Yeah, as an actor, I think she definitely carried the film. I, I hope she gets a nomination too. Um, I, it's it might be a tough year to win it, but I think yeah. that she'll definitely get a supporting nom. But yeah, that that is a good point. When you when she had took the slap, and you know at that point she was on paper getting divorced from him, so she her relationship was on paper cut off. And then once she gets slapped, she's like emotionally completely cut off. Yeah. Like she's like, I I can't do this anymore. Period. There is nothing more to love about this person. And you can get that all by her expressions and by her eyes. And just her her playing into that subtlety is something that very few gifted actresses and actors have these days too is is just how can you say something without saying it, you know? And how 
how can that contribute to the overall um, character arc too? So I felt like her arc too as a character was more polished and more refined than um, Joaquin's just because it felt like he came from nothing and then he just had this ego all of a sudden and then, all right, I'm going to take on the world by storm Hmm. and then he loses it. So it just, his arc felt very swift and then dropped off and then hers just kind of had a nice well-rounded out piece, I thought, for what they did with that. Um, But yeah, you know, and I, I, just going back to what we do know of Josephine and Napoleon, I did assume that they were star-crossed lovers and that they were meant to be together and that they were madly in love. But the way that really Scott went with this relationship, um, it was more about Napoleon just dominating the room with anyone who was around him. So Mm. I think that's just what they decided to do. Um, But another topic I wanted to talk about was that there is a four-hour director's cut that Mm. will be released on Apple when this leaves theaters or um, probably like halfway. Um, Do you think that the four-hour cut will be more effective? Is it worth the watch to everybody? Um, And in the current theatrical cut, were there moments that you would omit completely? Was there anything that you felt was boring? Or just un- unpacked. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a really, really good question because yeah. in my opinion, just starting from the beginning and summing up everything we've said thus far, the film <clears throat> on a uh, on a technical level, it has an ex- a- a extraordinary example of filmmaking technique. The cinematography is beautiful. Production design is beautiful. Costuming, you know what I mean? On a technical level, it's really well done. Those action yeah. scenes are incredibly choreographed and incredibly well done uh however that honestly the biggest problem that we have yet to mention at least for me i have yet to mention is, is the pacing i thought the pacing of the film was, was god awful yeah. i thought it was like we're going and i understand that this is a lot to unpack like you're taking a huge chunk of history and <laughs> trying to pack it into a two and a half hour runtime. Yeah. And I think that's where the film begins to falter because I honestly thought they were going to start later in Napoleon's life and he was already like well established as emperor, but they mm-hmm. start before that. Yeah. So there's a lot more to pack into it. And because of that, I felt this constant like gas break gas break motion with the film it was like going super fast at moments and then just like we get hit and it's super just slows down yeah Mm -hmm. and then we go oh oh my god yeah explosive action again and then back right to it yeah and i saw it with uh, a friend of mine john Mm -hmm. who was uh more knowledge on the historical accuracy of napoleon as a figure okay and those moments were like, for example, when he loses his soldiers in Russia and because of that, he's exiled for mm-hmm. over 300 days. That whole thing happens in like a minute. And yeah. It's like, wow, that's a very significant. That was huge. Yeah. yeah. Huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge. Like and him on that rock and we don't get any insight into his into Napoleon yeah. and how he felt being exiled for so long besides yeah. that one voiceover of him reading the letter where he's like, oh, I've been on this rock for 300 days and yeah. I feel, you know, empty. Which is a long time for a former emperor, you know, yeah. like that's going to affect you in it, some way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, I was like, whoa, we just went really fast through yeah. like a big significant point in time. Yeah. So is a four-hour director's cut going to help though? Be- Honestly, I think it will help Yeah. because I've yet to watch Ridley Scott's director cut of, of Gladiator and his other director's cut, mm. but I've always heard that the constant common um, consensus is that it's better. Yeah, Scott's okay. Scott's uh, director's cuts are usually always better. Mm. Which um, so I'm interested because, like I mentioned, there's a lot here, and it seems like they were cutting a lot out. Yeah. So I I'm very curious, and I I do have hope that that four hour long director's cut would be more effective because we could see more. 
However, now that it's going to be much longer, we're seeing more. I want them to be a little bit more consistent with that. Yeah. Don't go so fast, so slow, so fast, so slow. Yeah. You know, keep it engaging throughout. Yeah. Um, that's that's definitely yeah. something that I thought about too. Is if you have a four hour cut, I'm sure that it did. He, I think he kind of pulled his in his mind the best pieces from the four hour version and put yeah. it together into two and a half. I don't think they were all the best pieces for sure, mm. but there's also this might also just be me this might be a hot take but if he can't figure out how to make a regular cut of a film and he has to make director's cuts of every one of his films i i think you got to get your shit together at this point like the man is 85 and and i like i can understand blade runner and a couple more of his artistic movies but you're at the end of the day you also have to make a film for studio and if you can't really condense your material enough and also make it effective, which I think he can, he has done in the past. Yeah. So what's the problem? Like, you know, it just seems like, okay, I'm going to make a, a, a version for the studio. I'm going to make a version for me. And that just seems a little pretentious to me because it's, you have to have a little bit of compromise and yeah. you can't always just do something just for you because it is a collaborative effort with your team the studio and the actors and everything else that's involved. So <clears throat> to me, it's just like, if it feels like he just has a lot of unused material. And if his script was, you know, four hours, that's like 240 pages for a script. If you have a 240 page script, you might as well have made it that mini series that may, might be adapted from Spielberg and Kubrick. Yeah. So it, also, if you do have four hours of just anything that, to me screams miniseries more than a movie. Yeah. And I think Napoleon, if he did make it into a, a miniseries, I wouldn't have been mad. I just think that if there's that much material you have, I, it doesn't make sense in my mind to make it into one movie unless you put out that four hour movie. Like there are four hour movies, but then just put it out. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe that was a studio decision, but mm. I think that if everything is a director's cut for him, I think that's just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to make release movie. I'm going to make the studios movie. So that's just what I got from that. But like, I don't like, what do you think about that? If, if you're, I mean, you already talked about it. But. I, I agree. I think it's hard though, because yeah, that's the challenges as a filmmaker, you know, working with a big budget and working with a big studio and, you know, following their guidelines. Yeah. It's hard because then we go back to that question of like making the money back. Yeah. Because if they did just release a four hour cut, it wouldn't have made money. Just right. people see that and they're like, yeah, no, we're not seeing that. You know, let alone like this is going to garner more of an older crowd because I, I feel like more older people are feel more interested to go see a film uh, like this and then uh you know having a four hour runtime on top of that if they were to release just the director's cut right into theaters um, yeah that would have totally you know tanked at the box office in my opinion um yeah however then it's like okay we gotta do the theatrical cut and it's it's hard i think it's it's really honestly like i i feel like i can't give too many thought and opinion into that because yeah i you know i put myself in the shoes of ridley um and then it 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 gets it gets hard to say you know yeah Um, yeah it gets hard to say what i would do in that situation yeah Um, it's it's definitely like you know i don't want to speak for really scott i mean he is an ingenue of of his time and i think he's done a lot for filmmaking as a whole um so he is he is a technical genius in a lot of areas i just think when it comes to refining refining some of your material it's hard to get a studio to put out some of that director's cut things and i think another good example of it which is almost a similar comparison is um the three lord of the rings movies are almost three hours each and there are extended versions of that and i've watched both of them and the extended ones there are a lot of scenes that are pulled from those books and stuff but they don't necessarily push the movie forward it's Mm -hmm. it's just acknowledgements and 
people were here at this moment and this time there are scenes with conversations so i think when those theatrical cuts went out it did feel very fluid and cohesive i think with this napoleon two and a half hour theatrical cut it doesn't feel the same way the pacing is off mm -hmm. i feel like the performances there's a lot of improv it doesn't feel polished it doesn't feel yeah. refined so i i do have reservations about the four hour cut but it might help maybe he did just scatter joaquin's performance in the two and a half hour cut it's very possible um i i think i'll give it some time before i watch the four hour cut but I, I'm interested yeah. because I do think he does have good director's cuts. I just think that you have to, at the end of the day, sometimes dial it back and, yeah. and make it for the studio without sacrificing too much of your vision. True. Um, but another, before we wrap up, I did want to highlight too the critical reception of the movie. It's not doing well. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's so far as of right now, it's got a 61% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a cumulative 3.3 on Letterboxd out of five, um, a 7.0 on IMDb. So what do we think the reason is for these scores? Does it go back to just it being hollow? I mean, we've kind of talked about the film as a whole. So do you think that people are sharing the same sentiments about the film? Or um, what do you think their reasons are too? Hmm. I feel like it didn't live up to people's expectations. I feel mm. people expected going into this a more focused character study with, um, I guess you could say more extravaganza. I don't yeah. know if that's the right word to use, but <clears throat> I feel the reason why people are kind of sharing or based on the scores they seem to be sharing the same kind of thoughts or, or same general consensus as us is um because it just wasn't living up to their expectations you know yeah you go into the film and there's a lot of the josephine stuff and there is a lot of just unfocused character work um and then i like i mentioned too you feel the runtime at moments you really yeah. do uh, you know, compared to a film that's even longer, like let's say Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oppenheimer, I did not feel the runtime at all. It went right. by like that, in mm. my opinion. This, yeah. I was just like, okay. Yeah. This right. It's that high and low energy. Yeah. yeah it was all kind of just the. It was a roller coaster of yeah. of pacing. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, and in the modern time where you know our attention spans are basically like new attention spans, like you know we don't. <laughs> we're you know you gotta kind of evolve with society and i feel like that's although scott is an incredible filmmaker um yeah. he does he, he doesn't really evolve with the modern times too much it seems yeah it's unfortunately seems, yeah i think yeah. so yeah and that's that's why i think general audiences aren't clicking with his films as of recently yeah yeah i, th I think it's also um kind of with Killers of the Flower Moon too, and a lot of people with Oppenheimer, um, when you have a large runtime, which this one wasn't horrible, but yeah. I think um, when you have period pieces and you have historical aspects, you want to keep it pretty engaging for people. So um, <clears throat> I think there are moments that he does succeed in that and then other times it just drags. So yeah. Yeah. I think... And then you have to appease a lot of average Joe film goers to get your big stars, get a big director, make it engaging. Um, you know, some people will just say, oh, there wasn't enough action or something or yeah. they're just going to they have those those uh, like tip the iceberg expectations where they just expect everything else to kind of just flow out. I also think um, I agree with Liz too on this take, but the trailer gave away a lot of the action on what was to come in the movie. And honestly, a lot of the highlights too, I, I kind of could see in some scenes like, Oh, I know he's going to say this line. Cause I, I've seen the trailer a thousand yeah. times, you know, or that kind of moment happens in this battle, but that there wasn't a whole lot of meat that was left out of the trailer. And that was another thing for me too. But um, yeah, so just transitioning to that, what are our final scores, final mm. thoughts? It's hard to say because although we have kind of 
you know, the film is underwhelming at moments, but yeah. I'm still going to kind of give it, I'm, I think I'm settling on like a six out of 10. Dude, that's where I'm at. That's where okay. I'm at. Okay. okay. Give me, give me your reasons. Give me your reasons yeah. first. Yeah. Cause I feel like for me, I still give it, uh, not that six out of 10 <laughs> is a high score, Yeah. but it's slightly above middle, which, you know, it, it, it's just slightly above because <coughs> in my opinion, I still think it is, uh, it has some great filmmaking technique. Like I mentioned, yeah. like the battle scenes really sold me for, for, for me, like just beautiful visuals and just like really epic, like yeah. sequences throughout. <clears throat> and, you know, with the costume and the production design and the cinematography, which as a director of photography, I was like, oh, this, this is nice. Like yeah, yeah. when they burnt Moscow down and you get oh, that was cool. shot. Woo, yeah. Those are some, some, they're nice shots. I like mm -hmm. those. I like those. Like as uh, I'm kind of viewing it as a filmmaker myself, like I, I ate up those real like film technical elements. Uh, but you know, it, I lose uh, four points from being a 10, obviously from just the character point that's 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 really where it loses it for me just like the character stuff and the pacing <laughs> and the pacing uh but other yeah. than that like <clears throat> you know I, I i liked seeing the production design and yeah uh, the costumes and the cinematography um too much to give it anything lower than a six yeah so yeah i i thought it was a very well-made film outside of the uh screenplay and the acting which you know at its core are honestly some of the most important pieces so i i just felt like if they workshopped the structure of it that it could have been more engaging <clears throat> and i think yeah. it could have taken this film to the next level i i liked the uh action stuff like we were saying um really scott is one of the last great directors to just include large scale battle sequences and having hundreds of extras in the background or just having, you know, a, a full battlefield, just a lot of yeah. massive set pieces, massive budget productions. He's someone who can helm those pieces, but when it came down to the intimate moments and the small scale stuff, it didn't feel as earned or as refined and polished like we were oh, yeah. saying. Yeah. So I just felt like if, they went over it a little bit if they went over the structure maybe the screenwriting process that they didn't they maybe they should have finished it you know like maybe they should have delved into the books a little bit of napoleon's yeah. era and given it that structure of of what was to come and what contributed to his his persona so i i think if they did a little bit more homework on it and they made more drafts and reorganized the structure of it which could also possibly happen in the four hour cut yeah um it, it would have been better so that that was just for me and i'm also six out of ten but yeah okay yeah same thing so do you have any other final thoughts on it not for? really not really um i think overall just you know i was just desiring more from the film and yeah i think for audiences <clears throat> who are watching this that um I mean, well, we dived pretty deep into spoilers, but yeah. if, if, there, if there is an audience out there that has yet to watch it and they didn't really care about spoilers <clears throat> and, and they want to see the film, um, I think uh, it, the film really depends who you are. Because I can could, I could see people coming out of this and enjoying it more than us. Yeah. Um, because there are elements <clears throat> to like. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you said feels unpolished at moments and it had me desiring more I, I wanted, yeah i wanted more i know i sound like a broken record i keep repeating the same shit <laughs> want more yeah 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 so yeah that's it that's that's all my thoughts yeah so yeah i was um just i agree with what you're saying too and um you know this was a big oscar uh potential front runner for me when i was hearing about it the build-up and the hype behind it yeah. seeing the trailers the trailers look pretty good so I was a little disappointed that, you know, it, it might not have the hype come award season. Um, I think it will earn some nominations here and there. Uh, production design, costuming, Vanessa Kirby will like likely get one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, other technical awards, I don't think 
it, I think it could have earned a lot more if it was a bit worked on. But um, yeah, that's just kind of wrapping it up for me. But mm. um, yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us. But this is our review of Napoleon. Um, if you haven't seen it already, it is going to be in theaters for a bit most likely all of the winter and then it will be on apple for streaming this is another episode of the cinema wave podcast be sure to like and subscribe our page on youtube spotify apple music we're on instagram we just passed 700 followers big achievement let's go so um we're really hyped about that and uh culture wave is still building up a lot of um rapport and we have a lot of uh guests slated to come in soon a lot more content coming your way um but just signing off i'm zach miller and i'm Vinny albano and uh we'll see you next time on the cinema wave podcast